Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode 128. Going to recap your week 14 fab, as usual, according to the NFBC Online Championships, and answer a lot of awesome listener questions. You guys came through in a big, big way this week, so we're looking forward to that as well. You can find myself on the Twitter at BDentric, and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. Toby, how we doing, man? Doing all right. You know, I got my Phillies hat on for JT Real Muto, who's on a little bit of a little bit of a heater right now, uh, which my teams could use. I chose not to wear my Red Sox hat, which I don't have uh, with my Nick Pavetta, my 12 or 13 Nick Pavetta shares across my leagues. That's then has the Yankees on Sunday. So, oh, well, you you win some, you lose some. That is true. This was supposed to be the start. He was supposed to pitch well. So I'm with you on that one because big, big Nicky guy over here as well. And you know what's more, most surprising about your opening statement there is out of all the hats you have, you don't have a Red Sox hat and you're like a, a Red Sox. Like you went to so many Red Sox games when you lived back there and you don't have a Red Sox hat. Yeah, it's funny. I actually do have a Red Sox hat, but I have a Red Sox hat from from 2000 to like 2013 or something like that. It's very old. It no longer fits my head. Gotcha. Um, and it's kind of, I don't know why I don't have an, uh, another one. It's kind of like hard to get another, you know, like, I feel it. like I have so, yeah, I have so many memories of that and it reminds me of a certain time in my life. And I was a diehard Red Sox fan for many, many years. And, um, yeah, so it's hard to like, it feels so impersonal to get one. That's just like a regular, regular old hat. My son, um, he was on the Red Sox this year in Little League, though. So, 
Yeah, cool. So he's got one then. So he's, he's rocking one. one. He's got so one. he can be so. the, the the little G rolling around with the Red Sox hat. So we, we got that going for, sure. for us. Although although he's a he's an A's fan, and I was gonna send out a tweet to Scott Jen said that was like so my my son was on the A's three years ago, and now calls himself an A's fan because we've been to a couple games. How how do I get him out of this? How do I? <laughs> How do I tell him that this is a really bad idea filled with a lot of pain, a lot of suffering and no hope? How do I save him from himself? (laughs) Yeah. While we still have time, while you're still young and the brain can still be molded. How can we fix this? Oh, that's so good. Tough lessons to learn early, you know? Yes. Life lessons. Baseball will bring many life lessons. We've we've established that in our own life and he's about to find one out the hard way. So uh, very, very true. Good thing is he can be like dad and just get all the hats in the world and root for your fantasy teams. That's what, uh, I think that's what A's fans eventually start to do. That's just the way it goes. You're onto something there. I'm not going to lie. You guys can have a, a clause of uh, his, his and his hats. Yeah, there great. you go. I, I've also got my standing desk. I'm on a, on a standing desk. I usually use a standing desk, so I'm feeling like I'm in the groove already for our show tonight. Got a listener questions. They they motivated Toby, and uh, I'll have to pick his brain later because I've been looking at standing desks potentially. So I, I'm, I'm I'm excited about that. So it'll be something else because I don't mind sitting down. But I can't sit down as much as I do. So it's uh, yeah, standing desk. But people don't need to hear that whole podcast. We can t- take that oh, one. Man. That that one air. will be on the subscriber only yeah. channel. Exactly. Like, That's a special you know, edition. Paid only. Yep. Got to get the special, special goods for that. That, and we'll finish it up with some s'mores talk. So that's how that one will work. But oh, uh, for sure. All right. Let's talk fab. As usual, for those keeping track at home, we use the NFPC online championships, 12 teamers, because it kind of formats to most people that play 10, 12 teamers. But we obviously, Toby plays a lot of 15s. So he'll give you his thoughts as well on the 15 team realm of things. But Shouldn't take a rocket scientist to know who the highest and most added player in all of the OCs was. That was Vinny Pascantino was added in all 191 online championships as high as 444 and the beautiful OCs as low as one. Some league got him for a dollar. I tweeted out. I think I got him for like 33 bucks in one OC just to keep him on his bid. The runner up was $2. So I could have been in one of those leagues where it was like next to nothing. But some leagues, they like every other league I was in was at least like 150, 160, I think, or more. And that was kind of the standard. Uh, obviously, you have more for main events. But he's got three hits so far, one solo homer. It's the only RBI and run scored he's got. We know what he did in the minor league. Big, big bat. But it's just it's taking a little time to get going. What are your thoughts on VP? Like I said, I just put like keep him on his bids in, and I got him in a handful of leagues. But I wasn't like overly aggressive because either lack of fab or I'm just not that kind of person. Yeah. I I only got him in one league. Um, I wasn't super aggressive with him. I, you know, it's interesting, actually. I'm looking at the projection and it's been updated since Saturday night, Sunday morning. His batting average has gone up. I mean, I think what's impressive that he's done, he's got six walks and two strikeouts so far. Um, this year, he's hitting the ball hard. The O swing is fantastic. Contact rate is fantastic. He's already got two barrels, a max EV of 112.7. So he's kind of checking all the boxes. And I think that that's nice. He's hitting the middle of the lineup. The Royals lineup could be better, but you oftentimes won't find a better lineup that just gets a guy from AAA and sticks him in the leadoff spot. So I think there's a lot to like there. You know, obviously no speed. Um, and the batting average, I want to say, like has, hasn't been like through the roof, right? In other places. So yeah, like 280. So like, you know, kind of tie 200s, but... 
I mean, the skills are all there. When I look at the projections, like the bad X has a 264 batting average, 10 home runs. It does have him for two steals. I don't know where those two steals yeah, are. I'm surprised to see those two. I'm like, who, yeah. what's going on here? Is Albert Pujols taking over his body or something? It could be. Like maybe one. We'll give, we'll give him one maybe if he's lucky. I mean, Jesus Aguilar did get a steal today, which on I the bright side, watched... the, ro- the, bro- the Royals will run, run wild. So maybe they'll just let him run. Who knows? They do. They do. Yeah. So I think like there's everything to like here. And I think a lot of people went, went hard because we don't know when the next difference maker is going to come up. You know, we don't know when exactly that's going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, like you got to kind of take your shots when you can. And with half the season left, he can do a lot of damage. He can help you out in a variety of different places, not, not speed, but he can help you out in a variety of different places. So I can see why people were really aggressive. I wasn't that aggressive just because I like to have fab towards the end of the season. I like to have a lot of fab when those pitching matchups get a little bit gnarly in, in September. And I didn't feel like I needed to be aggressive enough. There was a couple places I put $90 bids in. I think I might've gone like 112 in one spot where I really needed power, but um, not enough. Wasn't aggressive enough to get him. Um, and in, in my 12s, I put it for like, I think I had like a dollar, $57 bid or something like that. Yeah, we'll see how he does. Like the dude was a beast. The Italian breakfast, Italian beef, depends on what you want to call him, was awesome in the minors. And it, it makes you feel like they waited so long to bring him up. They traded Carlos Santana. So it's his job for the foreseeable future unless he just completely tanks and something goes horribly wrong. So they're going to let him kind of get his ups and downs, just like they did to MJ Melendez, who started out well, struggled. Now Melendez has three home runs already this week. So maybe he's starting to figure it out. A lot of young talent there in Kansas City. They still have Nick Prado who we haven't seen get called up yet. So they got a lot to look forward to there. So we'll see what uh, Vinny P, the Italian breakfast, can do. It's going to be fun to watch going forward. Another guy in the Vinny P ilk, Derek Hall, burst onto the scene last week. He had 20 home runs in the minor leagues and five stolen bases while hitting 269 for AAA Philadelphia. Got called up. He was added in 138 leagues, as high as 111, as low as a dollar. Had three hits on Tuesday night. Now hitting 304 on the season with three home runs. Uh, no walks yet. That's a little little bummer. But uh, getting the job done, he's hitting cleanup. He's basically walked right into the middle of that order, which is a big plus. And with Harper out, it looks like they're looking for uh, all to bring some thump to that lineup. And it uh, looks like he might be there for a little while. I, I um, asked the prospect gurus, and I got an answer from James Anderson on Twitter, what should we expect from Derek Hall? Because I hadn't heard much about him. And uh, he basically said he's Dalbeckian-esque is what he called him. So take yeah, okay. that it's worth. But uh, what's your thoughts on Derek Hall? Yeah, um, I wasn't that aggressive on him, honestly. I mean, he kind of comes up, hits three home runs. If he didn't hit three home runs, if he even if he even went like seven for seven, he was hitting a thousand, and he didn't hit those three home runs. I don't think people would have been like nearly aggress- as aggressive as they were. The projections don't love him. I mean, the power is there for sure, but they don't believe in the batting average. Little known fact, I picked up Derek Hall a year and a half ago in a 20-team dynasty league, and I dropped him. Um, And I probably should have picked him back up because it's OBP too. But I didn't, so I'm bitter. But I I, I just don't – I just don't – I don't see – I mean, the the key thing for me is like, is a guy – if I'm going to spend like a hefty amount of fab on somebody, is he a guy that I plan to have – that I see being be- much better than kind of 
replacement level rest of season and replacement level can get pretty, pretty nasty, but there's still guys out there, you know, who have good lineups who are playing. So I, I didn't really see him being much different. And I, I think if we check back in two weeks, you know, if he's still with the team, he's probably hitting towards the back end of the lineup. And, you know, like you mentioned, Dalbecki and ask, which isn't terrible, which can go on streaks, but mm-hmm. you got to have him in the lineup when that happens and you got to be ready to take some zeros. Yeah, I grabbed them in a couple of places again. Keep modeling type style stuff. Wasn't anything crazy. It was the, actually I got him and Vinny P in the same OC for thirty three bucks each. Both runner up bids of two dollars. I was just shocked because Hall was going for more than that everywhere. So um, it was just one of those leagues where guys either were asleep at the wheel or didn't care. I don't know, but uh, my option always is a little help for the time being. We'll stream. We'll move on. See how it goes, but. I'll take the Dalbecki and ask for now in that lineup because the Phillies lineup is booming right now in a big, big way. So I'll take, I'll take my chances there. He's hitting right in front of JTR, which should uh, help get him some. Oh man. All those RBIs well. JTR is going to get big time, big time. Uh, third most added player this week, Will Smith, not the Dodgers, the Braves reliever picked up in 122 leagues as high as one Oh three, as low as a dollar. Um, three saves in his last three appearances has looked pretty darn good overall uh, over his last month or so. Um, with Kenley Jansen going on the IL with the regular heartbeat. They're saying he's not going to be out for a while. We'll see. It's an irregular heartbeat. He's dealt with this before. Um, so we hope for the best for Kenley, of course, who has been awesome this year. But Will Smith, it looked like it'd be AJ Minter at first, but Smith's kind of walked in there and looked pretty good of late. It might not be his job 100% of the time, but he looks to kind of have the, the lead on the situation. Um, so that's why people were aggressive on him. Did you grab Will Smith anywhere this week? I didn't. I had him up there in bids, but I wasn't super aggressive because of the news around about Jansen coming back. And obviously it's an irregular heartbeat. You want to take that super seriously, but it sounds like Kenley is, is doing that. Um, and so, you know, and, and he'll be back. There's a little bit of question, you know, AJ Minter was so good. Um, like who is going to get, is he, is Smith going to get regular playing time, but it was enough like where a week was worth like 10 bucks or something like that. So I threw those bids out on him. When you look at the underlying numbers, you know, the thing that stands out is the whip. Like he's always had a pretty strong whip or, or most of the time, you know, um, but at least in recent memory, but the walk rate is, is sky high, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure why necessarily, you know, the zone percentage is down a little bit. First pitch strike is right in line with where he is right across his career. O swing is actually higher than it was last year. So there may be a little bit of bad luck there. He's not dominating in the zone the way that he usually does. 88.4% in zone contact rate. K minus walk rate is only 11.2%. So there's something going on there. Never not captured in the numbers. Don't know if he's just getting unlucky or what's going on. The home runs are an issue, but they always have been, you know, in four straight years of one, three, eight or higher. Um, home run per nine, but generally he wasn't walking guys as frequently. So it's a little bit less of an issue. So, yeah, I mean, uh, he's fine. He's just, you know, a rental guy until Kenley's back though, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. My, my biggest question was like what you mentioned, reports were pretty positive about Kenley not missing too much time. So I wasn't willing to break the bank on Will Smith. That was my biggest thing. Could come back to regret it. We'll see. But uh, that's, that was my biggest concern. The Braves are winning a ton of games, so he's going to get chances for now. But uh, I was with you. I think Kenley will be back sooner than later, hopefully. And then Will Smith slides back into that uh, the uh, setup man, seventh, eighth inning guy that he was beforehand. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. You say Kikuchi was the fourth most added player in 97 leagues, as high as 38, as low as a dollar. 
coming off a couple good starts there against Tampa Bay. Well, two winnings versus Milwaukee. Okay, against New York. That was all fine and dandy. Gets the Oakland Athletics in his first start of the week, which always is a juicy one. And he went two and third, two and third innings, two hits, five walks, two hit batters, and allowed four runs. Four runs in two and a third innings. It was dreadful, Toby. Absolutely dreadful. And uh, people still have to stick around for one more start this week from Yusei Kikuchi, oh, which is dreadful. And I I fell into the trap in certain spots where I needed pitching badly, so I straightened him, and uh, I paid the price in a mighty, mighty way. So uh, what's your thoughts on Yusei? I knew there was risk, but I thought you could at least take care of the A's. This was a uh, a big uh, oh-no situation. Yeah, big, big oh-no. Um, you know, Yusei Kikuchi's whip since he got in the league. Everybody, People have been really into him. I've never... I was into him early last year. I was into him early last year. And then I kind of saw what ended up happening. He had a stretch there where he looked looked pretty good. But his whip over the course of the last four years, 152, 130, 132, 152. Now, I know that people are going after those Ks, right? Um, people are going after the volume. But you just got to – it's just so dangerous. Like, look back at – you know, I think he pitched against the Mariners and he didn't make it out of the first inning. Like this guy does not require good teams to struggle, like struggle against Minnesota, struggled against Baltimore, didn't make it out of an inning against the Royals, like Cincinnati. He didn't get to five. I mean, he's made it to five innings once in his last twice in his last eight starts. So four super low ceiling, kind of low as well. So don't don't have Yusei Kukuchi on your team. Sorry, Bubba. I know you, I know you fell into the trap. It's all good. And it's I I've good. D- I did it earlier this year too. So I'm just as guilty. But don't do it, people. Just give up. Just give up. It was leagues where I was not worried about my ratios because they're already bad enough. So I'm like, give me the innings, give me a win, do something. And he couldn't do any of that. So that was just like a complete, like maybe go get a phantom IL stint and miss your next start. Let's just go that route. I'll, I'll take the hit. Just call it good in that scenario. All right. Looking forward to this one. We talked about him last week. Dean Kramer picked up in 92 leagues as high as $75, as low as one. Uh, we were concerned about the strikeouts, maybe not going deep. He went seven innings against Seattle his last time out. Three straight starts, zero earned runs allowed. Well, he met the Texas Rangers on uh, Monday afternoon. Four and two-thirds innings, five earned, four strikeouts. The Dean Kramer that Toby warned so many people about. How are you feeling now, Toby? Well, I mean, I don't feel that great because people – Dean Kramer really hurt some people, you know. But, no, I – you know – he is what he is. And the thing is, I think the thing is, I mean, you, you go with these starts sometimes. And the thing that you just have to acknowledge is that you are, you're going with luck. Like you're rolling the dice. I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, it, I mean, Nick Pavetta has been good in some stretches. He hasn't been that good in some stretches. The, the skills aren't overwhelming. And I had him in like every single one of my lineups today. So uh, it's been an okay day. Um, but like, but sometimes you just got to acknowledge that you're going with luck. You're rolling the dice and sometimes it's going to work. Sometimes it's not. I was watching this game actually. And he was, I think he was clean through four innings or through like three and some odd innings. And then it was like hit after hit, after hit, after hit, it just didn't stop. And that's what happens to guys like these. When you don't miss bats, this is the danger, you know, um, it's the danger for every guy that doesn't have 
a particularly high strikeout rate, but when yours is so low, right? Like when it's 15%, 17%, it just makes it a real challenge unless you have shown a, a demonstrated history of, of being able to do that before. So yeah, it's rough. I'm sorry for folks who, who added Dean Kramer, especially in a 12 teamer. I mean, guys, there's better, there's better out there. It doesn't matter what's happening. Yeah, it was a rough one. Um, I didn't get much Dean Kramer because I got Yusei Kikuchi, so it didn't it didn't matter either way. Or I got this next guy who got scratched yeah. on Tuesday, so this gets even. Did more he get fun. scratched? Yeah, and I haven't oh, seen why. I haven't no, seen why. I haven't man. seen why yet, so it gets even worse. But Mitch White added in eighty leagues as high as seventy seven, as low as a dollar, and he was supposed to have two pretty nice starts this week, and he was getting stretched out. And there's some optimism there, especially from guys like me who was a big fan, but uh, he got scratched. So I'm going to look up if that's come out at all yet, but I have not seen why. Um, we'll start for them tonight. Pepio, yeah, there's no, Pepio, yeah, Pepio got the start, but I have not seen why Mitch White got scratched. That's the one. No explanation. Could just be a way to ease up on starting rotation during the stretch of 20 games between days off. That's all we're seeing. So uh, hopefully, hopefully he pitches sucks. tomorrow and you just don't get the two start, but yeah, it, uh, it's a rough go for those that really wanted to make it happen this week. Yeah. What's so brutal about this is like, is people were super smart, right? Like you, like people last week, they, they ponied up for him knowing decent start last week. I mean, the Padres are the Padres, but after that top half of the lineup, it's a little bit weak. Or actually, after like Manny Machado, it's pretty. I was say, yeah, like the yeah, <laughs> pretty Manny bad. Machado's one man wrecking crew sometimes, but um, and then the two great starts this week, and so every you set it up correctly, right? You did everything that you could to line it up, and then it just doesn't work out. I don't know what his two step might be look like next week. I'm but, pulling that up while you talk. I'm, yeah. I'm very curious now. Yeah, so it's a tough one. I mean, we talked about Mitch White last week, so I won't go in detail. There's, there's not, it's not overwhelming, but he's a Dodger pitcher with good matchups. And so you go with him. I'm sure he would have been fine today, but um, yeah, yeah, definitely bummer. Because even Pepio is pitching pretty well. But uh, if uh, the Dodgers only play five games next week, so his two step would, he gets Saint, at St. Louis in his first start if things go as planned. His two step wouldn't be till the following week. So I don't even know what that would be just yet. Or isn't that the all? I don't know. Maybe the all star break. So we might not get to get a two step for a while from Mitch White. That just stung in a big, big way. But uh, he, like I said last week, he's more of a long term play in my mind, playing on the Dodgers. So hopefully, hopefully that pays out because that's a stinger. But yeah, buy him a week early, didn't pay as much. So that's a good positive sign through it all. Yeah. Isak Paredes still getting added everywhere for people that didn't believe added in 79 leagues as high as $200, as low as two. The low bid was more than Pascantino's. That's always entertaining. But uh, Isak, he continues to do it. Like, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. He had three more home runs last week. Um, not striking out still. Like, the dude's producing, which is very, very intriguing. Uh, are you still uh, in or out on uh, Isak Paredes? I know. I think we were some of the people who were downing downing him a little bit. You, Me more than you. Yeah. Me more than you, for sure. I added him in a few spots this past week just because he was still sitting there in 12. So I was like, okay, I'll take it on. Let's see what we got. Let's go. Like, I, I was bidding lower on him and because I'm like, I'll get him and let everybody pay for Vinny. I'll get Paredes and see what happens, and we'll see. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing. There's no there's no real different story. We don't have any new data. You know, he's got 13 home runs on nine barrels. Um, You know, he's got maybe some batting average luck coming his way and then some – um, home runs, uh, going the opposite direction, but you know, you ride him while he's hot and he's playing every day. And, 
Uh, Tampa has a decent schedule. I mean, they have the Red Sox to start off with, but nothing like super overwhelming. I think Pavetta is the best guy throwing um, uh, during this series. And then I think they have a, a decent matchup. Who do they have? Who do they have a second half? This Tampa half Bay. This they, got a, they got a big week. It's uh, they got at Cincinnati. Yeah. At yeah. Cincinnati. That's one reason I really liked them. Great American small park. Big fan there. Yeah. And then next week they got Boston again. And again, you know, you're talking about a depleted Red Sox rotation. And then, then you have, Dean Kramer. I mean, later on in the week. I mean, let's be Yossi. honest with you. Like that's that's just going to be a bonanza uh, right there. And he's yeah. going up against Jeffrey Springs, which means like clear devastation. Which, by the way, I started Jeffrey Springs and Nick Pavetta in a few leagues just because I was like, you want to know something? I just want to give myself that double chance at a win. You know? And guess yeah. what? Goose egg. Didn't 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 happen. Um, so yeah, with Paredes again, like we talked about him extensively last week. I think. He's solid, but I think he's way more spectacular than he really um, should be. And I think one of the biases like that I've been thinking about a lot recently is like, like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like when you, um, it's like you remember things, you remember things, you remember things that exist more than the absence of those things. If, okay. if I, that, get, I get what you're sense. saying. Yeah. yeah. Because it's kind of like, I think this happens a lot with us where we're like, you know, we have a guy like Paredes and he's in our lineup and he's crushing it. And that's all that's immediately in our mind. It's like, he's crushing it. He's crushing it. He's crushing it. And then you fast forward a month and he's the guy who goes, who hits 150. Mm-hmm. But because he isn't, he's like, it's the absence of him doing things as opposed to like feeling that. Like we still, have in our minds that he he did this thing crushing he's done this thing yeah. yeah i mean i'm doing a bad job of explaining. it's almost like positivity bias or something or because it's not recency bias but it's more like a self-satisfying bias of some sort our our buddy friend of the pod rob dipietro will know for sure exactly what it is the bias yes. because he's 100%. uh he knows all the biases and he's talked about them on his show which is fantastic i recommend it i recommend um but yeah it's just um I just think that, yeah, those, those are the guys like, like think about, it's kind of like what we talked about with um, a lot of hitters that started out hot. We still have that image in their, in our minds that they're like really good still. And then you look at their yeah. numbers and you're like, oh, actually like, man, yeah, they're not, he done not that good in the last two months. Yeah. He, he is kind of who we thought he was. Right. Yeah. And so again, um, I think Paredes is fine. He's a great pickup in. Well, you know, a, f- right a fun we'll a goes. fun player in that vein that's going to come up here probably in the next week or two of do I drop him, sit him, what do I do? Is going to be John Birdie because he's already starting to lose playing time with Joey Wendell back. He hasn't played in two straight games, and when Jazz Chisholm comes back, and if Birdie still, you know, is made back to like his platoon role, now do you keep him? Like fifteens, you're probably still keeping him, yes. But those twelve team leagues where you got like the eighteen steals or whatever you got from him is it's like. I remember how awesome those days were. Those were great days, but he's just sitting there now playing like three days a week. Is this worth my time? That's where it gets fun. Yeah, for sure. I think he's injured. I think he's, I think he was like, he had a bad week last week. He stole four bases last week, but he hit like a buck 89. Like he's, he struggled last week for sure. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see where that one takes off. Yeah. I read some comments about how their, their lineup's just pretty banged up. That's why a bunch of guys sat on, on, um, Monday, my God, that lineup that Marlins put out. I had horrific. I, I got I put out Patrick Corbin because he had that 12 strikeout game. And when yeah. I look at the underlying metrics, like the the velos way up, um, 
the metrics are a lot better. So I was like, ah, Marlins, eh. you know, I don't like, the, I don't love the Braves start at the end of the week, but we'll see. Yeah. And um, he got babbipped around a little bit, but God, still that lineup, well. I have never, I've never seen a lineup that, that, that is that bad. I mean, their DH was like Nick Fortes, which yes. I'm not a hater on Nick Fortes. He's like a, he's a great catcher. Not a, not a, not a, not a DH. Not. Yeah, that yeah. he is not. I'm with you though. I felt really good about all my DC shares of Patrick Corbin this week. I'm like, yes, I get to use you again. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, we'll see how brave start goes, you said. Uh, next up, this is another fun one. I put some bids in on this gentleman oh, this yeah. week. And it did not make me feel warm and fuzzy, but saves or saves. Hunter Strickland picked up in 71 leagues as high as $89, as low as one. Um, on Sunday, he might have lowered his price a little bit because he blew the save, but got the W against the Braves. Two saves prior to that. Um, and he was he had about five straight shutdown uh, appearances prior to that. So the Reds have been going with Hunter Strickland, former Giant, former Mint, or he's still a mental case probably because like just watching him, he loses it real quick out there. But um, he, right now, for now, we've said this probably a half a dozen times already this season. He is the current Reds closer. So uh, he was on the docket for me for now, subject to change. What's your thoughts on Hunter Strickland? Yeah, I actually got him in a super. This nice. weekend. And guess who got the win today for the Reds? Did he get it? Hunter Strickland. It. Heck yeah. Hunter Strickland. Go. Let's roll. Clean inning in the ninth. And then the Reds win, by the way, Lodolo. Lodolo, Lodolo. and Scherzer. They both. Lodolo. I got Lodolo 12 to 11 in a league. In, a, nice. in an OC I was at, where I need ratio help. So. I was adding Lodolo the last couple of weeks. And I was like, he's yeah. coming back. He's coming back. Let's start adding him. And it was beautiful. For sure. Um, so Hunter Strickland. Yeah, you know with these guys, you just always got to keep a temperature check on like what they're doing. And I dug in on Hunter Strickland. There's some things I like. There's some things I don't like the thing I don't like, you know, the enzyme contact rate is not great. He's not dominating in the zone. Never really has historically, but doing worse that of that this season, 87.7 in zone contact over his last 15 games, I'm not looking at the full season. I'm just kind of trying to look at what he's doing recently. Any like, pitch mix what changes. Got him like this that. Role, basically. What did he do? Exactly. But then, you know, his O swing is higher than it's been, you know, over his three-year average. It's one of the highest it's been in the last couple of years, uh, 32.1%. So that's not bad. Don't mind that. His K rate's at 25%, so better than league average. Not like your dominant closer K rate, but pretty good. And then his walk rate is way down at 6.7%. So something he's doing has really helped him uh, do that. So he's got like an 18.5%, you know, in zone or K minus walk, which is fine. It's good. He's got... He's getting every save opportunity there. So I went with him swinging strike rate at 12.1%. Again, not the dominant stuff you want to see from your closer, but um, good enough. And so, um, yeah, I, I kind of rolled with him in some places. Again, it, I know what I'm getting into. It's mm -hmm. it's probably not going to be fantastic. It's probably not going to end good, but I'm going to hope that it starts out good. And then when all the bad things happen, you know, um, I guess it doesn't apply to pitchers that bias I, I was talking about, but we'll see what happens. No, the, He's got the, the game. Yeah, these streamable closers, a lot less bias involved. It's more like, okay, see ya, yeah. we're done. Like, pull ripcord now. Like, it, I'm with you on that one. But yeah, I added him a few. I, cause I, I do remember, like, as a giant, he made you very frustrated, but he'd go through stretches where he was filthy, like a really good closer. He's got good stuff when he's on. The question is how often will he be on? Good thing Bryce Harper's not around, so he doesn't have to deal with that. But um, it will be interesting. I'm with you on that. And the Reds are, like, not a great ball club, but they're productive enough to get him chances, as we've seen of late. So it could be a really good spot there for Hunter Strickland for the time being. 
Johnny VR is back, folks. Added in 66 oh, leagues. Back. As high as $57, as low as $1. VR is near and dear to my heart and Mr. Bloom's heart. Like we talk about him, I think, every week. And um, the Angels did what the Angels do. They went and got a super utility player because that's what they love to do. And since joining the Angels, this was his first game. He went 0 for 4. But uh, there sounds like they had him off playing third base on Sunday. And then he went 0 for 4 again tonight. So looks like they're going to give him some fair run out there because they went and sent uh, Tyler Wade back to AAA. So what's your thoughts on Jonathan VR, who might get regular playing time again? And with regular playing time, he will run and run and run. Oh, I love Jonathan VR. I love it. Love it so much. Um, he's such an angels pickup too. And batting him lead off. Like, yep. you oh, think, it's wonderful. You would think um, they'd never changed managers. Yeah. I bid, I bid high on him in all my 15 teamers. Cause I need steals. I have a main event that, that was doing pretty well before today. Um, today's Nick Pavetta start, but, um, uh, yeah, heading into today, I think it was 29th overall or something like that. And I need speed. I need speed. So a couple of weeks ago was Josh Smith. This week it was VR, 77 bucks, backup of 17. Ooh. Oh man. But I wanted him. I wanted him. I wanted him. So I did it. I got him in barf as well, where I need speed pretty badly. I think I went like 57 there and I got him pretty, pretty easily. Um, yeah, I mean, he's leading off. You know, if you need steals. I mean, the thing about VR is like. People focus on the steals, but part of the game with him too is there's a little bit of pop there. Yep. He's a 15-20 guy over the course of a full season. Yep. So if he gets me five and ten like the rest of the season, like I'm totally comfortable with that. I'm totally fine with that. And he could be as a major difference maker. If he well, goes top, on a VR style order. run. Top of know? that order with Trout and Otani and Walsh yeah. and Ward, like he's gonna score a ton of runs potentially. Yeah, potentially. He could. He could. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's boom or bust, but sometimes you got to go with hope for the boom. Yeah. I'm mad at myself because when he got DFA'd, I dropped him in a handful of leagues because I needed to. And uh, here, here's what happens when, when things like that happen. I'm, I don't regret the move because the move at the time was the right move. But uh, this is the kind of stuff that stings from time to time as he landed in a very good spot once again. Um, I'm going to skip David Peterson because we have a listener question. We'll talk about him later on, on the show because I think it's a good question because he's been pretty good lately. And he was added in 66 leagues, so we'll talk about him in a bit. Uh, Lou Trevino, we talked about last week, added in 56 leagues as high as 101, as low as a dollar, picked up a couple saves last week. Um, he's kind of in the Hunter Strickland vein. I think we're pretty similar on that one. It's like roll him while you got him, see where it goes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly it. All right, uh, Jake Myers of the Houston Astros. He got called up. People are pretty pumped on him from his minor league production. It wasn't like worldly, but he's got some power, got some speed. Usually it's for a big average. Uh, one for four with a couple ribbies on Tuesday night. And since he got called up, he's hitting um, he's hitting doo -doo -doo, uh, 278 with a home run, eight RBIs, no walks. But uh, some people are very optimistic on him. Added it in 55 leagues as high as $40. Thoughts on Jake Myers? Yeah. I mean, I think this is like a really good example of a guy who, you know, of like how you, how I think you should play 12 teamers. Like he's a guy that you would love to have on your team for the next couple of weeks because the Astros like this week, he's already crushing it. But like the Astros have Casey for four followed by at Oakland. And then they have at angels and then they have Oakland again. 
you know, so they have Keasley, Granky, Keller, Bubich. Blackburn's been good. Montes has been good, but Irvin, Irvin's been good, but still. Like, they're not like guys that you're necessarily afraid of. And Montes and might Cinder be on the Silseth. I mean, Otani's straight nasty. Um, <laughs> but then Montas, you know, Irvin, and then whoever, they're Angel Martinez, I think, or something like that. Um, or, or, no, what, what's his name? A. Martinez, is it? I always screw it up. I even asked a prospect guy the other day, what he you making his debut? Like, I've never heard of him. Adrian. Adrian. Sorry, yeah, I, I only said that because I, I actually literally have only seen A. A. Martinez. Yeah, I've never actually looked into him. Because he is A. Martinez, yes. Yeah, he is A. Martinez, you're right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, like, this is, I think, a perfect play, like, where you throw him out there for that KC series. In my 15-teamers, you'll see I got a bunch of Chaz McCormick. Well, they decided that after Chaz had a wonderful weekend that they wanted to sit him for the first two games of the series. I'm hoping he gets back in there for the last two, because it was all about this Royal series, you know, it's just, and you can see what's happening. I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm surprised the Royals are scoring so much, but it's just been gnarly. It's been a wild, wild offensive show. So um, yeah, I think Myers is, is great. He reminds me a little bit of like Hunter Pence. Maybe it's just the hair. Yeah, and, that's a good resemblance. Um, Astros hair, the whole thing. Yeah, totally. And like, then we talked about him last week, but like, you know, over the course of a full season, he's about a 15 and, eight or nine guys. So, you know, again, you're hoping that you get a little bit of, a little bit of luck. He doesn't have a 62% ground ball, right? Which is, which isn't very good. So again, ride it while you can in a 12 and then kind of move forward and pick up the next guy who plays the Royals um, in an outfield position. So that's a good call. Good call. Um, anybody else you'd like to discuss? Otherwise I think we should go to our fab results and then we have a lot of good listener questions we can really dig in on here in a little bit, but it's, it's like Quato's uh, police sacks, Tyler Wells, a lot of kind of, Streaky pitchers were getting some love this week. Yeah, no, nobody, no, nobody to nobody to, to add. I think. All right, let's talk about it. What happened for you in Fab talk this week? About it. Um, all right, it was a busy week. A lot of ads had dropped. I have some teams that just had to move on from some guys like Jonathan Daza with, um, and not that he hits home runs or steals bases at all, but um, I've just been playing him when he plays in Colorado. Pretty and, much. Yeah, now with Brian back, though, he's pretty much done. Uh, so Chaz McCormick picked him up, dropped uh, Jonathan Daza, $13, back up of five. That has not worked out well. Uh, Jonathan Davis, I did not see what Davis did today. Um, probably not a lot. Uh, Jonathan Davis picked him up uh, for speed and because he's playing every day with um, Tyrone Taylor on the, um, on, the, on the concussion IL. Dropped Diego Castillo, who, despite hitting like five home runs in eight games, was relegated to the bench and a lefty only guy uh picked up adrian samson dropped Corey kniebel samson has looked pretty good um you know the skills are all pretty nice like red round league average k minus walk these are 15 so uh nice little swinging strike rate good o swing um so i went with him i picked up Patrick corbin dropped emilio pagan added jose suarez who has actually been really good skills wise um over the last little bit he's got baltimore this weekend so dropped austin both who i was Hoping I might get the two-step out of it. He just wasn't throwing enough pitches and wasn't as good. This one, this one hurts right here. This one hurts right here. Felix Bautista added Felix Bautista, dropped Rich Hill. Why did I add Felix Bautista? Because he has been lights out. Mm-hmm. Because Jorge Lopez blew two straight saves. Yep. He blew his third straight save on Monday. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. 
Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Bautista gets a chance to save the game today. And what does he do? Blows it. Blows the save. Ouch. Blows the save. I mean, this was like 3D chess. The stars were aligning for you. The pieces, you know, I think they were going to give Lopez the job back anyways. I mean, he's been so good. You can't just kick him out when he struggles for three, three starts after how, how, how good he's been. I mean, it's just regression. Right. But like Bautista has been really good. I feel like Lopez is a guy that they're going to want to maximize his value, trade him at the deadline to a contender Bautista all lined up. It was working out perfectly. It was working out perfectly. And it just, it just didn't happen. It just yeah. didn't happen. Bubba. No this is, they, those are the breaks. Yep. Those are the breaks. Those are the breaks. Um, all right. Next up. Sorry, guys. This could be a long one just because I dropped and added so many people. By the way, I'm really excited about my Seiya Suzuki pickup two, two weeks That's ago. worked out so well so far. Yes. Very, very yeah. nice so far. So added Hunter Strickland for 17. Runner-up of 15. Dropped Zach Davies, uh, who's on the IL. Here's another one. Added Jonathan Scope. Dropped Diego Castillo. Ooh. $17. Like $1 backup bid. People. I tweeted about this. Jonathan Scope, there is no difference between Jonathan Scope this year and in previous years, except his home run per fly ball rate and his Babbitt. Those are the major changes that he's seeing. And since I inserted him in the lineup, I don't know what he did today. He was he stole he's stolen two bases this week already. That's good. In two days. Two stolen bases. He was six for his first six in the doubleheader yesterday. I don't think he has a home run. So those that no, I've still not. got that that positive regression coming his way. But today he scored a bunch of runs. I think he has like four, five or six runs scored already this week. Yeah, two runs scored, one for three. He was intentionally walked because he's so scary. Um, and a stolen base. So, like these are the I mean, I look, I like to toot my horn when I do things well. I also like to crap on myself when I do things poorly. Um but like these, these are the these are the things that happen middle of the season that I just love. Like where it's like, you know, and again, it's not a bad drop. I mean, he's been god awful. He was hitting eighth, right? So you had to have a little bit of faith. And if you've experienced all that badness so far this year, you just want to move on from him. But yep. with him, I was like, look, it's like Justin Turner. It's like I don't see huge differences between these guys this year and next year. And you just got to hope that that plays out. And that's part of the game. And it's easier in 15 teamers than 12 teamers in a lot of ways because there's not much better on the waiver wire to begin with. So, anyways, there I've tooted my horn enough. Nobody else wants nobody wants to hear it. But I did pick up Seiya Suzuki in this league last week. So nice. I'm feeling good about that. All right. Jonathan VR added him for 77, runner up of 17. Oh man. 
Well, yeah. And I will say one thing to my, I had him lined up for 57 and this is something that happens and I'm going to be transparent here. You know, the Tau Wars bids comes out and I see somebody in my league has bid almost 70 bucks for him. So I'm like, gotta bump it up. Gotta bump it up. Um, so anyways, so I did that and I was punished for doing that, which is good because I shouldn't, you know, yeah. Wars bidding is way different. <laughs> I know. Um, Diego Castillo, um, dropped him again. I added Bruce Dargat, Bruce Dargatterall, dropped Emilio Pagan. What's happening? Lining up for Bruce Dar to get the save yesterday. Let's throw him out in the eighth inning and have somebody else screw up. Um, so that sucks. I thought I had, was brilliant again. Story of, uh, uh, misunderstood genius. Uh, Felix Bautista added him in my main where I need saves. I need saves. I need steals. And, ah, couldn't come together. In my other league, I added, uh, this is another main, added Harold Ramirez, 17 Backup of three, uh, Zach Davies dropped him. Harold Ramirez has been very good this year. Yes, very good. Um, and he's playing every day um, right now. Uh, picked up Gavin Sheets, uh, dropped Rich Hill. Uh, Sheets has been playing against righties. They have four righties to start off this week. Uh, so I went with that. Um, that's it for that league. In my OC, I did a lot of things. I added Nick Lodolo, dropped Oscar Gonzalez, $12 bid, $11 backup. Jonathan VR added him for seven, dropped Michael Chavis, added Bailey Ober, dropped Marco Gonzalez, added Freddie Peralta, dropped Jose Quintana. The Quintana one's brutal because I have him in a main too, and I didn't start him this week because he had that Yankee start to begin with. Pitched I was great. just like, ah, this could go gnarly, and he just, he he shoved. So yeah. eat that, Toby. Um, on In TGFBI... Uh, TGFBI added Gavin Sheets, dropped Diego Castillo. And then in Barf, I got Vinny P. I added Vinny P for 222, runner up 113. Added uh, VR for 57, runner up 22. I had, I think, the most money of people who are still competing in that league. So, uh, and I am awful on offense. So I went hard after Vinny P there. Makes How about sense. you? What do yours look like? Uh, one OC, I added Lou Trevino, dropped Tyler McGill with Stings, $12 runner up eight, added Carson Kelly, dropped Elias Diaz, six to zero, added Hunter. Is McGill Dude. coming back or? He, they moved him to the 60 day. Oh, so 60 day. Yeah. He, he's gone on all my teams now. I mean, it, it's it really, he's so good. Um, Hunter Dozier, added Hunter Dozier, dropped Orlando Arcia, $3, $3 runner up. Um, and then one player added in a lot of places where he basically fell to me. I'm taking a chance due to the multi-position eligibility and the production of late with one Kevin Biggio. I got him for $2, no runner-up bid, and I dropped Nelson Cruz. I'm giving up on Nelson Cruz, so I may regret that, but I didn't like anything I was seeing. Maybe I'm foolish, but we shall see. Uh, and he got scratched. Is he as even bad? Horrible. Horrible. Like, really bad. Really? And he just got scratched the other night, so he might be hurting now, too. Who knows? Um, and another OC, I have Kevin Biggio, that, that feels like a personal attack. Well, trust Gavin me, I've been Bichio. I've been anti Gavin quite a bit too. But in my next OC, I added Zach Plesac, dropped Anthony DiScofani, nine dollars, no runner up. Adding Kevin Biggio, dropped Tyler McGill, six dollars, no runner up. Um, other, my third OC, doo, 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 added Vinny P for twenty three dollars, runner up of two. 
added Derek Hall, $23 runner for two. I dropped Eddie O and Avisil Garcia. Dropping Eddie O might sting, but I was I don't like the playing time there. And then I added Kyle Hendricks for four dollars with no runner up bid, dropped Anthony D. Sclafani. I don't even think I started Hendrix's even with the two step, but I added them just for to have somebody. Why over did he only go three innings today? Do you know? I didn't see. No, I'm curious as well. Um, because yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he didn't get hurt. Uh, in my fourth OC, I added Derek Hall, dropped Orlando Arcia, 46 to 21. Um, and I added Will Smith, the closer for the Braves, dropped Jose Barrios, four dollars with a runner up of four dollars. So that one felt pretty wow. good to get that one so cheap. Um, to, to do another 12 teamer, added Isak Paredes for 44, runner up at 22, dropped Oscar Gonzalez, added Vinny P for 43, no runner up bid. Wow. Um, Tyrone Taylor got dropped. Uh, one of my OCQs, I uh, added Hunter Strickland for seven, no runner up, dropped Alex Fado. My other OCQ, which I'm leading, added Vinny P, dropped Eduardo Escobar, $23, no runner up bid. Um, added Lou Trevino, dropped Jordan Hicks, $13 to two. And then the ones everyone cares about, Barf. I uh, added Derek Hall for 46, runner up at 22, dropped Ezekiel Duran. And dun, 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 because you outbid me on Vinny P. And then TGFBI, I added Derek Hall for 56, runner up of 17. Added Yusei Kikuchi for 12, runner up of two. I dropped Erod. I dropped Erod everywhere, and that stings, but there's no story at all on what's going on there. There's nothing. It's yeah. just a dead spot, and I need it badly. And that I, I dropped them in a lot of 12s already. That was my last 15 share because it's pitching so bad in 15. If I could come and hold them, I had to drop them. I didn't have a choice anymore. So it, it really, really stung because I, I like Erod, but he was a mess, and now he's been out. Who knows how long it's going to ramp him up. There's so many question marks there that – I'm just going to eat, eat that one and move on. Hey, Bubba, can we talk about something really quickly? Sure. Well, actually, two things now that I'm thinking about. The first one is Hansel Robles got designated for assignment, Ooh. which is so sad. Which means um, someone will pick feels, him up. He'll be getting saved in no time. He'll be, he'll be like an Anaheim or something. Don't worry about it. Oh, man. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to talk to is I took a look at the first pitch, Arizona DC standings. Oh, really? Are, are they good? Holy crap. <laughs> Bubba. Of course there's no money on the line. Of course. Uh, Bubba's got a team with 129 points in that league, in that DC 129 points. He's up. He's 24 points up on the field. Uh, he's beating me by, I think he might be, have double my score. He's up. He's beating was... me by 42 points. 41 and a half points. Yeah, so I just want to give a shout out to you for that. Cause that's a dominant team. And that's what sucks is if that's, if you have that in a DC, it's like an overall contender right there. But, yep. And it won't matter. And that was the one where I remember like I left that draft cause we did the first half there and the second half online or something like that. And uh, I was like, I have no saves. I have no saves. It's going to suck. I don't know how I'm going to piece it together, but it's working out. It's working out just fine. Yeah. yeah. So, so far so good. good. I'm going to get a free baseball HQ subscription. Can't wait. Uh, <laughs> which I already have anyways. Um, all right, listener questions. Our buddy Yancey Eaton showed up in the chat, which started a whole thread of fun. But we're just going to get to his question. Hey, cuties. He must be talking about you. Um, what do your hearts tell you about Brandon Shane Drury replicating what he's done in the first half for the rest of the year? Is it a foregone conclusion he gets traded and the home park changes, zaps his value? Where do you think he most likely ends up? So what are your mm. thoughts on Mr. Brandon Shane Drury? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to think about like you know where he's going to end up. Um, just looking at 
looking at like, will he be able to replicate? I mean, the Babbitt seems totally reasonable, you know, 293, 294 career. So that's nice. You know, his batted ball profile is slightly different, but like it's more, you know, fewer ground balls. So helping out the power a little bit, hard hit rate is up. The contact rate is way up, you know, highest he's ever had in his career. So some positive changes and we're pretty far into the season now. So, you know, you like to think at least some of that is sticking. So I like that. He's got 23 barrels, 11.6%, 112.4 max EV. You know, the question about like whether he's going to be traded somewhere, it's a good question. I mean, if you're the Reds, right, you're you're definitely thinking about that and you want to do that. But I just wonder, I mean, with his versatility, you know, uh, he's played third base, he's played second base, you know, um, he's played first, he's played shortstop. Yeah. yeah, he actually he actually has not played the outfield this year. Oh, he has in the past. I thought he did this year too. Wow. Yeah, he he has in the past, but not this year. The only thing that I think about is, you know, is he a guy that they like, you know, Mustakas is done. I mean, let's be yeah. honest with you, he's been done for a little while. So do they are they gonna be are they gonna be able to get enough for Drury from a contender? Is there a contender that needs his bat off the bench and he's gonna get them enough? Where, I mean, he seems like the type of guy who he's going into free agency this year. It might make sense for him to stay with the Reds, you know, um, you know, on, on maybe a short-term deal, you know, to continue to show that this is the guy he is and this is what he can do. I mean, that's kind of me hoping because I also have Drury. Um, but, you know, I think it, I think what he's doing is legit. Um, yeah, I think what he's doing is legit. What does he have? He's got 17 home runs on 23 barrels, so maybe that's slightly high. But he's in, he's yeah, in the uh, ballpark that he's helps in him. The ballpark, yeah. So I mean, I think I think everything he's doing looks legit. Uh, whether it will get traded, I don't know, but I, I'm really enjoying having him on my team. That three run homer that he hit yesterday, I think, was was fantastic because I was having a rough day and you know, in a shorter slate, you know, and you, you get a three run homer and you're like, little oh, pick everything's fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah um, just looking at teams that might be able to use him anywhere in the infield, basically, you could potentially make an argument for the Blue Jays. That's one. If the White Sox start to contend again, they could definitely use him because third base is a mess for them. Um, the um, the Astros could always use more depth. But in the National League, if Ozzie Albee's injury is really bad, you could see the Braves going for him for second base. That could be one that they could slide into. And then one team you can never count out is – the Dodgers. That's mm-hmm. always one that could make a move, but I hope he stays in great American small park. But the reason I mentioned those teams, I think all those ballparks are at least semi-decent for the bat. So I wouldn't be too worried about Mr. Drury because none of them are going to be as good as great American small parks. That is the best ballpark to hit in this year, even more than Coors field. So they're all going to take a hit no matter where he goes. That's just the bottom line. So is what it is there. All right, let's talk about the next one here. If my phone will, there it goes. Mike Carter, the doctor in the house. What do I do with Jonathan India? And this is a great question because I keep running him out there. Uh, he was so banged up. He had the hamstring injuries, got it hurt again, spent more time on the IL. It felt like he spent extra time out there to kind of get right. You figured things would be good. It's still been ugly, Toby, since he's come back from the IL on June 14th. Let's just take a little quick snippet of um, the whole setup here for Mr. Jonathan India since his return from the aisle hitting a buck 54 with two home runs, one stolen base, two caught stealings and a 26% strikeout rate been dreadful. They keep leading them off though, but uh, it's been bad, Toby. So what are your thoughts on Jonathan India? Yeah, let me take a look here. I'm going to take a look at 
what I'm seeing in the rolling, rolling graphs out, folks. Here we go. Yeah, okay. Stack how, many ga- how many games does he have in the, during that period of time? I got it right here. Two, five, eight, 10, 13, 17. Okay, 17. So we'll do a rolling 17-game average. I mean, the thing I think generally that's challenging with these guys is, you know, you kind of got to roll him out there, right? Like You have I to. Mean, you, I, that's why I keep playing him because he's so good on that offense and that ballpark. It's like Coors play. Like you mentioned Jonathan Daza. I was doing the same thing in 15s. You give me a week in that ballpark, you're playing. I don't care who you are. Jonathan India leading off for the Reds in that ballpark, you're playing. That's just the bottom line. As bad as it sucks, it's like, yeah, you're, you're running out there, boy. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like telltale signs of, of him still – struggling with the injury um, contact rate is way down again, not awful, but you know, 72% overall contact, pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. And then um, 80% Z contact, the ground ball is way up, you know, so ground ball shooting up um, cause he's injured hard hit rates down, you know, O swings right around league average. Um, great OBP guy. He's just, he's walking like 4%, 5% since he came back. He's not even walking. Yeah. I mean, I think what you got to do with somebody like India is if you have the luxury of playing somebody over him, I think that that's fine. But the the problem is how do you, how do you time when he gets healthy again? You know, like, is he going to be injured the rest of the season? Potentially, right? Like maybe that hamstring just never gets better. Um, But I think more likely than not, it's kind of like spring training, you know, the reds are out of it. So they're going to manage that injury well, but you know, we had a shortened spring training. He got injured right off the gate. So he's really in spring training mode. And so the question is just when when he gets a feel again. And when he gets a feel, like we saw what he did second half last year, it can be an incredibly valuable thing for him to do. So that is all to say, like, yeah, I think I think he um I think you hold on to him in 15s and in 12s. You have him on your bench if you can. You try to you know, kind of see when maybe you, you it looks like he's getting it feel for it, but more often than not, you just have him in there. I have him in my lineups. You know, I'm yeah. just trotting him out there. And I trot him out there too. You, he's one of those guys that I'll be stubborn with, and maybe I'll sink with the ship, but I'm not dropping Jonathan India. There's too much to like there. Like you said, replacement value wise, what are you going to find out there that's going to make it work? Maybe you'll find gold, but it's like as much as you, we even like Jonathan VR, I'd still play Jonathan India. So it's just it, it's it's a tough deal all around for sure. Know what you made me think of though, Bubba, yes. is Dido. Dido, I will go down with the ship. I won't, I won't. Or is it? I won't go down with the ship. Uh, no, I will go down with this ship. I was yeah. wondering where you're going. I with will. That. I, <laughs> something, 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 and surrender. It's it's music. Why fly white flag above my something? I don't know. I mean, this is why people listen to the podcast. Yep. Mostly to hear me sing. That's at least going into the podcast. That's generally what I think about. It was a major point on the written reviews. That's for sure. Um, little for those of you, actually, that's a good had, point. For those of you who enjoyed that singing performance, please go to iTunes and give both Bubba and my podcast, both of them, a five-star rating and review. That's the only way you're getting a Dido shout out and singing ever again if, and if you want me to sing you have to give rating reviews otherwise i don't sing for free um yeah. <laughs> little book of calm our buddy has two questions for us first when making add or drop decisions every sunday do you weigh rest of season projections weekly projections schedule more for hitters um i'll give you the floor in a second because you you're a way deeper fabber 
than I am, but uh, I kind of bring my DFS into it, like I've talked about. I look at recent performances. I look at matchups going forward. We talk about that a lot. Uh, you know, ballpark, seven game series weeks, two weeks from now they have eight games, stuff like that. So I, I like the matchups quite a bit. But I look on guys like, uh, especially in 12ers, where I'm mixing, like I'm dropping and adding, dropping and adding. I just want the hot bat, and I'm rolling. Um, to me, at this point in the year, outside of maybe a Vinny P or someone, you're not finding a lot of long-term guys. You have to expect you're adding these guys, and you're probably going to be dropping them within two to four weeks. That's just the way it's going to go. Uh, so for me, give me the hot bat, give me the great matchups. That's where I look. But uh, I know Toby looked a lot more stuff. I know he's going to have the Raz ball and all that goody out there. So what do you look at when you do your fab for hitters, Toby? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always a balance of all those things. Like if a guy is good, is way better than than – replacement level rest of season. then I think you keep him, you know, yeah. like there's guys like, like I think a way to think about it is you have kind of your core guys that are in your lineup, you know, 95% of the time, like they're, they're pretty much always in there, maybe not on, you know, tough two game weeks or something like that, but they're generally in your lineup. And those aren't guys that you, that you drop. Um, but I think it's nice in some instances, you don't have the luxury, but it's, sometimes it's nice to have the freedom of having a few spots that are just, cyclical so maybe it's like one outfield spot and your util spot or maybe it's an mi or a ci spot but just like trying to identify schedule and there's like you just got to think about it like intuitively is like layers there's like the first four games of next week do they have good four four games next week do you have is the weekend series good and then think about who like in your lineup is going to be in in each situation and then like is does this guy have a good two weeks coming up am i going to use this guy for you know, these next two weeks. And so, and then like that, that kind of informs like your fab bidding a little bit, like how much you go for them or when you go for them. But there's generally like just a lot of guys that where the matchup is going to determine whether they're good or not. The four games or the five games in Monday through Thursday is going to determine whether they're usable or not. And those are the guys that I kind of rotate through um, hitter wise. And I think it's something that you have to learn because I think I mean, and, I, and I'm by no means perfect on this at all, but like it can, it's hard to drop guys. It's hard to drop guys, especially ones that have performed well. You know, you're like, I don't want to drop this guy. Like, you know, cause he's been good, but you got to think in like a, in a long, in a long season, generally over the long course, like the projections are going to win. And sometimes you're, they're absolutely wrong, but a lot of times that's playing time or some new skill growth or something like that. And so just like, you know, the timing of it is difficult, but you got to be willing to move on from those guys that aren't rest of the season guys. And you can use tools like Razball, you know, where they can give you that, you know, that information and look at the week to week, look at the stuff. Cause that's something that you'll notice is like, man, the matchups are everything like for 80% of the player pool, the matchups are really determining who's going to, who's, who's got a really good week and who doesn't. Yeah, no doubt about it. So it's, uh, there's a lot of things, as Toby said, that uh, goes into your formula. But the one thing I will say is sometimes just don't overthink it because you'll you'll spend so much time digging in on it, you're just going to get frustrated. So kind of do what works for you and uh, figure out what that is and rock and roll from there. Um, his second question, do you buy Gallo as a top 100 overall player, 5 by 5 with OBP in the second half? He is projected for 14 home runs with a 320 OBP rest of the season via the bat X and 75% playing time. Rasball player Raider projects him to as a player 83 overall in OBP within $1 of Taylor Ward. To date this season, he has been batter 217. 
So he's been 217 on the season. He's projected to be 83rd in the second half in an OBP format. And the Bad X has him with 14 homers and a 320 OBP in the second half. What thoughts on Joey Gallo? Because I he's so lost to me. Like given OBP, he's a better player. But even this year, it's been bad in OBP. Like he's just bad right now. So what's your thoughts on him? Like I, I just want nothing to do with Joey Gallo, but I guess if you can get him on the cheap, there's a conversation in an OBP format. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a tough one. Gal's bad. He's been really, really bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I buy it. I buy it. Um, look, his K rate is close to 40% right now. The playing time will be key to monitor. But the contact rate is actually better than his career average, you know? The, the, the O swing is worse than his career average, which is interesting, you know? Makes me think that he's pressing a little bit, but his ground ball rate's actually lower. Like his fly ball rate is, is, is hot is well, his line drive rate is up. Um, his home run per fly ball is 10% lower than his career average. His barrel rate, you know, is 19%, which is right in line with his career average. He's got 20 barrels and he's got nine home runs. He's got 249 barrels in his career and he's got 167 barrels. So my math ain't great, but I think he's doing, you know, he's underperforming on his home runs um, for sure. Um, So I guess the major question is like whether, you know, he's pressing and he's chasing on pitches outside the zone as a result of that. But I, I, I can buy him, you know, turning it around a little bit. Like, yeah, like you mentioned, you know, if he gets a 320 OBP and he hits for power and he could go on a, a pretty good run there. Yeah, I, I don't mind having him in OBP. It's not not a problem. Yeah, I wanted to But monitor bring... the playing time closely because like there's just such a narrative out there around him and how bad how bad he's been that that stuff I think can definitely influence managers who don't want to be seen like like oh, I'm I'm blind to this very clear narrative that's developing. Yeah, I don't blame you one bit there. Uh, Ryan Venancio on Twitter at Vin underscore Armbarn. He tweeted this out today and it made me laugh. Joey Gallo is rostered in 66% of OCs, 12 teamers, and is being started in 34% of them right now. So it tells you where people still stand on Joey Gallo. I mean, I mean, honestly, like people who have Joey Gallo on their team in OCs are probably pretty sure close anymore. to last place and they're not paying attention anymore. Yep. So they're just cruising. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Not very, not uh, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen P says, might be a long answer and perhaps a bit nuanced, but some color on the difference between the finer points between Steamer and the Bat X. I believe you referenced both when doing analysis, uh, how they differ and why they're strong. Well, the Bat X uses StatCast. That's one thing for you. That's a big factor. And that's, to me, that's especially in season, that's real big for me. Um, what what do you have between Steamer and the Bat X? You're a much deeper projection guy, but uh, for me, the Bat X is the holy grail for a lot of the extra factors that um, Mr. Cardi uses. Yeah, I mean, so the major thing is, I mean, I think that Steamer uses StatCast, but not in the same way. I mean, um, Derek Cardi, the Bat X, the Bat, you know, it's a proprietary system. So we don't really know everything that's involved in there. I know with DFS, like they include things like umpires that they're facing and weather and all of those things into the projection. So for DFS, it's really effective. But I think on the season long level, you know, it incorporates StatCast in there. I think the thing for me, the reason why I go to Bat X normally with hitters and why I weigh it higher in my formula 
is because over the last couple of years, it's been more effective at um, rate stats. Yeah. yeah. And not just like, just like, you know, this guy's going to hit 15 home runs, but looking at the rates, the underlying rates. So like home runs per plate appearance, runs per plate appearances. I think even in stolen bases last year, it was, it was better than steamer was. Um, but I think, you know, steamer is still a great system. Um, I use it and in, I integrate it into my system as well. Um, just to a lesser weight, at least in hitting, um, in pitching, I think it's pretty weighted equally. Um, steamer seems to be higher on a lot of minor league players as well this year, um, than the bad X is just like across the board. And for that reason, I think the bad X has been better at projecting, um, how, how minor leaguers are going to do. So when it's all said and done, I, I, I move towards the bat X in, um, in hitting. And then again, I think steamer does a great job too. And then for pitching, I think I weight them pretty equally. I don't think there's any system that's really kind of been uh, out in front. And Jeff Zimmerman wrote a great series of articles um, in the winter, you know, when we were out of season, kind of looking back at the projections to see how guys did in comparison, um, how projection systems did in comparison on a variety of different metrics and essentially found that the bad X is the best at rates. ATC is the best at projecting playing time. Um, but that they're all that the, the best approach is to combine them all into a system. So yeah, hundred percent agree. Like steamer. I, I do prefer a little more for pitching. I'm with you. The biggest problem I usually have with steamer is their projections for playing time are usually so far off. So you have to start doing your own thing where you have to fact. So then you have to factor in the rates, as you mentioned, where the bad X, they're all kind of flawed in the playing time. But Derek gets it a lot closer. It feels like he's, He's much more in tune there. And then in season, as we said, like I just love how he incorporates stat cast and everything else into it to really fine tune things. Uh, so I'm with you on that one. All right. A couple more questions here. We got Simon P asks, uh, can you guys discuss the mess that is the pirates? So many failed call-ups, so many gross veterans who will be worth rostering down the stretch. Brian Reynolds. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Vogel Bach on a week where they face a bunch of hittable righties. In Great American Small Park. <laughs> yeah. So I would say, yeah, Hayes. Yeah. He's in a little bit of a slump right now, but, but his, his metrics still look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Reynolds. I think Jack Sawinski is super underrated. He's awesome. I, I can't I mean, stand when I listen to certain shows, like downplay him. I'm like the dude's like leading rookies and home runs. How are we downplaying this man? Dude, the guy has 13 home runs in 214 plate appearances. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like, I mean, the batting average is low. He's also got a 264 BABIP. Um, he's got a 25% home run rate, but he makes a decent amount of contact. He's got 17 barrels, you know, yeah, he looks, he looks pretty max good. EV. It's not ridiculous. Yeah. At all. Like he's not going to help you in batting average, but that's certainly serviceable in a 15 teamers. I'd love to have him in more 15 yeah. teamers. Honestly, he was like one of those guys that just kind of hung out on the waiver wire for too long. Because no one believed I him. I had chances, yep. yeah, and I and I didn't. And now he's sticking because like they're mo- they're moving around so many pieces there, and it's like now he's stuck and he keeps producing. Like Bly Madras is a guy I want to buy in on. He's been like pretty good to come out with, but I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop there. But they're letting him run out there. But I'm with you, Sawinski. Hayes O'Neill Cruz is going to be fine. I'm not. He's striking out a ton. It's a little scary, but his overall skills I think are fine. But. Uh, Reynolds and Hayes would be the top two. I like I like your Swinsky call as well. He's he's pretty darn solid. Yeah, yeah, and I have Swinsky in an OC. I have a very competitive OC and nice. I've got Swinsky he's, in he's there. He's serviceable for sure. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's power. I mean I need home runs. It's like my weakest category. So 
that's why I'm, I'm doing that. But um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's been great outside of that. It's really hard. I mean, Vogelbach, like you mentioned, has been playing pretty much every day, but it's still, it's not the same level of power, you know, and the lineup isn't producing as much. So, you know, he's got 10 home runs, um, which, you know, is only slightly under, but, you know, we kind of have a track record of his 235 batting average is like the best he's ever had in his entire career. So Sawinski has a little bit more hope, I think, than, than Vogelbach does. Um, yeah. And I think outside of that, I think it's tough. I mean, O'Neill Cruz obviously will, I have not been paying attention to him cause I don't have him anywhere, but striking out a ton. Striking yeah. out a ton. A lot of strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, but we all kind of knew that was. Yeah, but you look at all his quality contacts and stuff. When he hits the ball, he hits it hard. Yeah, I mean, his O swings is wild. His contact rate is wild. I mean, it's not that bad, but yeah. So, I mean, O'Neill Cruz should be good. Like he'll give you home runs and steals the rest of the way. Like his rest of the season projection for the bat is nine and eight, which is beautiful. I mean, that's great. Yeah, great to have it in a fifteen teamer in a deep league. Most definitely. Uh, last question we have is from our buddy Dave Petrosiello, and here's the David Peterson question. He says, how real do you think David Peterson is? Had him in an OC about a month ago, never used him, dropped him, and he threw three gems. Got him back. Is he fringy for 12s, or is this kind of a real deal? Uh, I have him in a lot of 15s. I have him in a couple 12s, too. He's not a must-start for me in 12s, but this is a guy that showed promise from time to time in the past, and he looks like he's getting healthy again now. I think there's going to be some hiccups for sure, but I think he's definitely serviceable in the right situations. That's the layman's way of pointing it out. What do you think? Yeah, I think, um, I think he's definitely serviceable in 15s, obviously like, you know, you're rostering him, um, in OCs, I think he's a matchup play, you know, 60 strikeouts and 58 innings pitched, you know, the BABIP is, is about where it's been throughout his career. Strand rate is a little higher than it generally is in his career, but he's been better. You know, swinging strike rate at 11.4%. The O swing being higher is really important for him, 31.6%. But at the same time, he's not dominant in the zone, you know, Z contact. So that's going to limit the strikeout upside a little bit. And then there's the walk issues. He's falling behind batters, 49.4%. Feels like that's notable just because, you know, generally the outcomes aren't as good when you get behind. Um, So he's doing pretty well. On a pitch-specific basis, yeah, the slider has taken big steps. 26% swinging strike rate, 44.8% O swing, 83.8% you know, Z contact. That's the tough thing is he doesn't really have a have a, an effective pitch in the zone that, that, that generates a lot of whiffs. Um, let me just check something really quickly. I'm going to check his last five starts and just see. He has faced the Marlins, I think, twice. In the last five, and they're like the worst team in baseball against um, Texas is last against lefties. So I think some of it's that. Um, let me just see here. Yeah, so even like over his last five, his Z contact's actually gotten worse, ninety two percent. His O swings way, way off the charts, thirty six point eight. His walk rate is way down, forty four point four point nine percent. That's interesting, thirty percent K. So. I mean, the skills recently are looking really, really good, but the question is whether that's actually like a change. I bet he's throwing his slider a lot more. The slider's a lot more from what I saw, yes. Yeah, he's he's up to his slider percentage around like 5 or 6%. Um, I wonder if, let's see, his four seam, he's increased. I wonder, does he have a sinker? 
Yeah, and he stopped throwing his sinker. Like he did all the things that you want to see him doing, yep. but he is like the one, he looks really good. Yeah. I definitely have him in 12s and 15s. The only concern is just like that. I don't love it when that end zone contact rate is high, just because what it can mean is, you know, he has trouble finishing guys off. You guys have are better at putting the ball in play. Well, if he's not getting the O swing, he's got to throw it in the zone more and trouble happens. Yeah. Well, and th- that's the thing, though, is he is getting the O swing. It's way higher. So I mean, if, like one, really if, one, if one starts, he doesn't have the feel for the slider. It's like, uh-oh. Yeah. That thing's about to happen. Yeah, but it looks good. looks good. I like it. Yeah, I wish I had. I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have him in a few spots. So we'll continue to roll there and see how it plays out. But that'll wrap us up for this episode. Listeners, you guys came through in a big way. Awesome questions. Keep them coming this season. That's always the highlight of the show. Uh, any final thoughts, Toby, as we're halfway through the baseball season? No, uh, Lou Trevino is in for a save right now, and I'm really hoping that he converts it. I'm really put, hoping he converts it. I'm going to put that it. game on That's, while I, I finish. I'm just – this is how my mind works. I go from one guy on my fantasy teams to the next guy, just hoping I need saves in that league bad. And if he can he's, really he's got solidify – if he can really hours. solidify that job, Bubba, mm, I will feel good because I have Rysel as my other guy. And then in Trevino. So we'll see. Yeah, that'll be good. I'll take it. But uh, we'll wrap it up there, folks. We'll be back to you guys next week with your week 15 fab recap. Make sure you check out Toby on the Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. I'm at BD Intric. And as always, thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you guys next week. with a home policy from American Family Insurance because you'll feel protected no matter how the wind blows. Also, you can keep enjoying the home of your dreams. And our expert agents can help you save up to 23% when you bundle home with auto. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. American Family Insurance. Get a quote? Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.